0: And so all that to say is you need to contextualize and understand the place you're planting in. If you know nothing about it, don't go in guns blazing. Welcome
1: to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Bucket Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today I have two of my very good friends and fellow church planters with me. Um, So you may get a good podcast, you may get a bad podcast. (laughs) We're about to find out. (laughs) Three church planters in the room left unsupervised. Oh boy. Mm. Um, So today I got Matt Leahy with me. Hey everyone. And Mr. John Lewis. Hello again, everybody. And John, you just got back from vacation. I did, yes. How warm was it in Mississippi?
2: Oh, it was warm. It's about uh, 23 to 25 degrees
1: Celsius every day. See, this is why I love John, because he he talks in Celsius. (laughs) Like, I look at the New Americans, and I say 30 degrees Celsius, and you're like, uh. (laughs) (laughs) John, I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so was it good to be around family and stuff again, and you're sending church? and
2: Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, started it off down in Atlanta, though, at North American Mission Board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Curtis had your uh, orientation. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Very encouraging. Um, Were you fed well? Oh,
1: yes, definitely. Yes. Definitely. No complaints there with the food. <laughs> me and Matt, I don't know if me and Matt just had a weird experience leading up two hours, but we had traveled for so long, and it felt like, the holy promised land when we got there.
0: I don't remember, to be honest. No? You're blocking out your mind. No, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't remember the journey at all, but if it was long, then...
1: Well, we traveled yeah. like 14 hours, I think it was, Did or something. Did you get to Alpharetta? Well, we, we had some, like, overnight flights. No, we didn't have overnight flights. We had long flights. Steve didn't make it.
0: Oh, had, yeah, that's know, right. We went a long time the eating mm. is what it
1: was, because we didn't get breakfast in the airport. That's right. And um, we went to that one restaurant really mm-hmm. quick. We didn't have any water in the hotel rooms. No, no snacks. No. <laughs> so this isn't a
0: reflection of Nam or anything. No, like that. No, it, was it, just, was, it was just, it was just like
1: the position that we were in mentally <laughs> traveling. Oh, we were wrecked. And next day, and while we had breakfast, was like Starbucks, which is like a muffin and <laughs> like coffee or something. It Was good though. And then we finally get to the AM headquarters and we see they're like, oh, yeah, there's snacks. And there was Coca Cola, there was chips, uh, there was candy, there was bars. but like
0: Coca Cola was like high fructose corn syrup, like the good <laughs> stuff, not this raw cane sugar stuff in Canada, which is like so to make your pupils dilate <laughs> high fructose corn syrup, give you cancer. Corn syrup, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, guys. So uh, today um, we're going to talk a little bit about serving where you're called. And just to get us started here, I want to ask you, what does that phrase bring to your mind and why? McDonald's. Why?
0: 99 billion served exactly where they are.
1: <laughs> but they're everywhere.
0: I know, right? So how do they get the 99 billion? There's not even 99 billion people on earth.
1: How many times have you had McDonald's in your lifetime?
0: Tons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But, but am probably, I one unique person, you're, you're or probably <laughs> one billion of those ninety-nine? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Seriously though, I mean, when I say serve, we are called. Like, what, what comes to your mind?
2: Well, I have a lot of people, like especially back home in Mississippi, would say to me, uh, "You know, I'm so proud of you. You're going and actually served. You were one of the ones called." And I think it's a misconception. I believe all Christians are called. We're just mm, called cool. to do different things. Some some are called to serve right where they are, where where they're working. Others are called to go other places. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think, you know, some people actually think it through when when they when they hear about being called or, or serving in the church. It's like that doesn't necessarily
1: mean you have to go halfway around the world. Yeah, I mean, you can be called to come up to Newfoundland, which feels like the end of the world i mean ironically i was looking into captain newfoundland so if you're interested look up captain newfoundland he was a hero for a bit yeah yeah um his backstory is really weird apparently he taught the people of india how to be like one with the universe it's really it's a really weird background yeah very anyways strange um the vikings visited the what was left of the tip of Atlantis, which apparently is the northern peninsula of Newfoundland, according <laughs> to all this. And I'm like, this is wild. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, it's you don't have to come to the tip of Atlantis <laughs> to, yeah. to, to do ministry. You can do it right where you're called. What about you, Matt? What comes to your mind?
0: Well, I think it's defining what it means to serve, right? Uh, you know, one of the—because Christ is our Savior and because we look to Him as our model— um, You know, now listen, none of us are Jesus. Uh, If we claim to be Jesus, there's deeper problems happening. Um, But yeah, none of us claim to be Jesus, but we we look to him. Um, And, you know, I think about like, he he did not come to uh, be served, but to to serve. And he was sacrificial in, yeah, not only in in his death, uh, but in in how he came alongside the sick, the needy, the hurting. Uh, He gave of his time, his energy. Um, now again, Jesus is God. He, he had a mission to fulfill. He, he was fully God, fully man, so he could do it. But as we look to Him, we need to adopt that mentality that you know when it comes to service, especially as, as you look at your culture and, and your context around you and the, I mean look, listen when, when I think of even us here in Newfoundland, like we have deep, deep uh, hurt in our communities and in, in our city in our province and there's a lot of barriers that need to be broken down to to be able to speak truth into someone's life, and and you know I I don't this isn't discounting uh you know the power of the gospel because it, the power of the gospel is is, is unto salvation right but mm-hmm. to, to be able to speak truth we have to garner trust in people and how do we do that we we you know this isn't the be all end all but we serve them with our time with our energy with our resources sacrificially. Even when we don't want to, um, because like I said, we have a culture that, you know, has a lot of mistrust and deep hurt from religion, I could, if I could say it like that. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, we, we really have to, um, you know, capture the moment when, when it presents itself to be not only willing, but ready to, to serve our communities, to give of ourselves, uh, yeah, in a, in a way that's going to break down those barriers.
1: Matt, you brought up Jesus and I think it brings up a good point because I mean, even something we can look at in Jesus ministries, he said he had come for those that were sick, mm-hmm. right? Those that didn't think that they were righteous, you know, who didn't know the way, and he said to the Pharisees, "No, you claim to know the truth, you know, so you're going to be held accountable for that. But I came for the sick, you know, the doctor comes to heal the sick. Those who know, hey, listen, I'm likely going to hell. Right? Like that's that's the people he came to to minister to. Mm-hmm. And then we also see him going to the Jews first. You know, when the Gentile woman comes, mm-hmm. talks to him, um, she asks for healing. He says, No, am I to give crumbs to the dog? And no, no matter what you've heard, that's not Jesus is not being racist or anything there. Um, he's basically just, you know, for lack of a better terms, kind of just be playing, you know, an opposite kind of giving a hypothetical, right? So like, why, why should I give it to you to see her answer? And she gives a lot of faith. She understands that, you know, the Messiah goes to the Jews first. She understood that. And she, that's why she responds with what she says, is that even dogs eat crumbs from their master's table. Mm. And there's, there's other things you go into too, the, the word that was used to describe her and stuff, but she understood the mission that eventually, that even if Jesus was to minister only to the Jews when he was there first, um, eventually that would have a trickle-down effect to the Gentiles and the Samaritans around the area. They would feel an impact of that. And she understood that. So when you look at where you're called, like a calling doesn't have to be, I don't know if you guys, like you, you can you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but a calling is not necessarily what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus, where you have this you know, life-altering decision. Some people get that. Some people get mm-hmm. that you know, audible call or whatever from God to say, no, listen, I know from an early age, I've been set apart for this. Cool. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But most people, you know, your calling could be to be a father, to be a husband, to be, be a mechanic, be a teacher, um, be a nurse, doctor, or what, what, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where, what comes in my mind of, you know, serve where you're called on your neighborhood, in your street, wherever you find yourself, don't go thinking like John said about feeling like, oh, you're so lucky to be called. We're all called.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, That's a great point. Like it should never like, yeah. I mean, no, you're, you're spot on. Some people have that, you know, that calling. I've seen it written in the sky kind of thing. I, I just, I know this one, but like, yeah, and I good on, yeah, should,
1: yeah that happens, right? Yeah.
0: I, I think what we should better said like serve where you are, right? Serve where you are. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, whether you're... Yeah, a father, you're at work, you're out international somewhere. And I hate to break it to you, but if you're part of a church, and you you should be a part of a local church, find ways to serve in your church. Greet yeah. people. Uh, sorry, uh, John, you keep coming into the microphone to say something, so I'm going to let no, you, you speak.
1: Gonna, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, right?
0: right. Adam, you got a great question, but John has the greatest answer of all time. Ever. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish.
2: <laughs> no, I think just based on what you were saying also, there's um, we see it more and more in the last 10 years. The bivocational and co-vocational ministries are really being emphasized these days. It's a way to expand ministry and to reach people that wouldn't normally be reached. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of people out there who have questions, who are seeking but they're afraid to step foot in a church because of uh, things they've heard, or maybe past experiences, or things like that. And if you're out there working and living your faith out, um, just in your daily life, you're reaching these people. It's it's a call to service in a way, and I I think we're gonna see more and more of that in the in the future as well.
1: All right, guys. So uh, don't let's look at the next question here. Like while you're planting your churches, and this goes to me too, and while you're looking to pastor those areas. Do you interact with other areas? And by that, I mean, like, not just necessarily other parts of the city, but even um, online drama you see on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. What about other parts of the countries, other provinces? Like, do you concern yourself with other things around you? Or how, how do you work out this serving where you're called or serving where you're at? I would
2: say not so much with, like, politics or social dilemmas that's happening but I do see the um, importance of social media these days Uh, in modern society I'm guilty of this your cell phone is basically an extension of your body now Um, we have these things in our hands almost constantly uh, whether it's for information or just learning about who's doing what through social media applications and things like that I use the social media apps to keep people informed of what we're doing and what we're and what we're trying to achieve especially through Northern Cross as we're trying to plant this little church in Goose Bay Labrador. I like to I like to post pictures and explain like everything we're doing every step of the way. That way folks can see and kind of interact with it more than instead of just reading a newsletter or something along those lines.
0: Yeah, l- listen, I uh I got a love-hate relationship with social media just because of my IT background and experience <laughs> with it. You do. Oh, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, like, I see the necessity of it, but sometimes, you know, it just it drives me absolutely bonkers. It's, it's both a blessing, but it's a cesspool. It's both a gift, but um, a, a black hole. Mm. Uh, you know... For 1900 years, the church didn't need social media, mm-hmm. and, and yet Christ's words in Matthew 16 still ring true, that he, he, he built his church and he will continue building it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the day and age that we live in, yeah, I mean, I, I see the need for, like John, exactly as you say, uh, for social media to keep partners and people and individuals up to date uh, especially, you know, if, if they're living abroad, right? Um, but should we should we avoid it? I mean, listen, as pastors and as people in ministry, we got to be cognizant of the dangers of social media. Um, we have to be aware of, of just because, listen, when you come to social media, you, you see the picture-perfect world of everyone else. You don't see the sin. You don't see the struggles. You don't see, and so, you know, even for ourselves, we just have to be aware of our own, uh, own sin, our own struggles and, and, and how it relates to social media. For me personally, I I have a single Facebook account. That's it because I I know the dangers. Uh, I know my temptations and I just want to stay clear away from it as much as I can. But again, uh, yeah, you've got to wrestle with who you are and and where your weaknesses, uh,
1: yeah, you or, don't really use Twitter
0: either, do you? No, not at all, not at no. all. No, or Instagram. I don't even know. Like, I I <laughs> found out a word, finsta. Like that was
1: fake, <laughs> in, like yeah, fake
0: uh, <laughs> Instagram. After <got to> that, <laughs> right? I'm like, what is a finsta? And. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah. a whole new podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get yeah. we'll get the Gen Z crowd up here and be
2: like, right. Boys, what are you at? Like. No, it, it, it's true. I mean, even at the orientation we were just at, that one of the last things um, the president there, uh, Vance Pittman, okay, yeah. emphasized was the dangers of social media. It's kind of like what you put into it and what you're looking for is what you're going to get out of it. Mm, yeah. If you're, you know, what's your intent of your heart when you go into social media? Mine's, you know, it's just pretty boring it's just like here's pictures of where i am this is what i'm doing this is what we hope to achieve and leave it at that you know but but yeah there is a real danger if you're struggling with temptations or sin or something yeah you you really might have to uh reevaluate whether or not it's a a good thing in your life
1: i think there's also too like sometimes people use especially twitter um to have these like theological debates and buys i mean beforehand you're trying to do this with a hundred and 40 characters like <laughs> come on you don't even know these people face to face and anyone can say anything over a keyboard and sometimes people will say some pretty stupid stuff mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. but I mean I've never engaged in it I've wanted to but I've never engaged in it because I keep I keep going back to I mean I'm called here in Newfoundland you know unless my people are actively engaging with this conversation and I but then I can talk to my people about that situation and that topic I don't need to try and change you know 50 other thousand people's minds online that's not my calling yeah no I'm called here to Newfoundland and right now it's downtown St. John's that, that's that's yep. it
2: mm-hmm. yep. yeah good point
1: what about what about you know downtown Matt do you care about downtown
0: uh yeah I care about downtown tell the truth um <laughs> <laughs>
1: So for those listening, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an inside joke. We had a conversation with a guy from Nova Scotia before, and he was trying to figure out the whole Marwin mission model. And he looked at, he looked at Matt and asked him, "Like, do you care about downtown?" No. He asked you, "Like, how's it working?" And you're like, "He said, uh, take downtown for instance. I don't care about downtown. <laughs> I don't care what Adam does."
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's not okay. Yeah, so it's it's not that I don't I, I care about my city. I care about mm. you know downtown. Yep. I care about. You know, even what John's doing up in uh, Happy Valley Goose Bay. But, you know, with, with the way our network is set up it is we're, we're, we're setting out to plant neighborhood churches. And so although I care about what happens downtown because, you know, I love my city and I love my brother. Um, I'm, I'm called as we come back to question number one uh, to focus and serve my community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would say it's not that I don't care. I, I have an awareness of what's happening downtown, but my efforts are focused on the people in my neighborhood, and so, yeah. But I mean, listen, that's that's something we we got to wrestle with because you know, um I don't know where I'm going with that, so cut it out.
1: <laughs> Definitely no, cut that out. No, yeah. no, I mean, you care about you care about downtown, but you're not actively trying to reach into downtown. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. So as your church grows, um, you no know, God willing, that your ministry is going to be well at least for now because you're out in the Goulds,
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. They're killed by Farthest here. away from downtown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one likes to go to the Goulds.
0: Goulds rules. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: it, it, you know, some of it comes down to a method of like your approach. Uh, that, like going back to the orientation again, one of the things they emphasize is, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, you're going to reach out into the darkness, uh, evangelize to those out there who are willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And, all you know, you're going to care for the flock that you've been given. Um, and some of that flock, you know, for Matt, it's going to be a lot of a lot of his folks are going to be in Kilbride and some in the Goulds. Uh, but he might get the occasional person that comes from downtown or Paradise. Or, yeah, that's right. You know, Mount Pearl.
0: And it's not going to be like, oh, oh wrong, get out of yeah. here, you know. No. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you're you know, from where? Yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean you're you're gonna uh you're gonna care for them all, you know as part of the kingdom you want to grow the the kingdom while you still have a chance and you know reach as many souls out there as you can uh and, you know as far as the local church goes, it all goes back to the serving you know you serve those those people in your flock first and then you build that and then you can reach out to the community better.
0: yeah, that's good
1: all right, let's talk about that a little bit um so if you're listening like don't don't get the misconception that we're saying that. You shouldn't be actively supporting missionaries overseas who are doing great work. I mean, jumpin's—we're only doing what we're doing because people are supporting us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, there is a need right outside our front door, which is why we started Maui Mission while well, this is on the go. But wherever you find yourself, there is a need. There's a mission field right outside your door, mm-hmm. right? So, what are some ways, guys, that as pastors and also as just the average person—you know, your regular, your regular day Christian? Um, can serve where they're called.
2: I'd say volunteer service is a big thing, especially when it comes to um, any kind of programs involving the schools, like uh, whether it's cleanup programs or actively helping the children, mm-hmm. doing camps, anything like that. Uh, food pantries around town are always uh, a good place to go and volunteer um even the community cleanup days things like that i mean people see you out there and and they see your your concern for the community and you know it it's a it's a living faith that you're exhibiting when you do things like that
0: i think um when it comes to how do we how do we serve the people that are just you know outside our front door open the door (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or the window, you or know. the window. Or no, in. listen. I think uh, when it comes to serving the community around you, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, there's always this tension in church planting and in, in, in ministry of wanting to do, 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 do. You got to be doing something, and and that's not wrong, but. Here's a scenario. Let's say, you know, you're starting off and I speak from experience here. Uh, let's say you, you, you plant yourself in, in a community. You know nothing about the community itself, right? Nothing at all. But you want to do something. You want to serve them. And let's say you start, you know, uh, this new ministry. Let's say it's a, uh, I don't know, a, 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 a mom and tots thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm, like, again, this is from my own experience. Uh, there's already something like that running in in Kilbride and the Goulds. So is it the smartest thing for me to do mm-hmm. to, to run something in competition with something that's already happening in my community? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I'd rather find ways to bless that initiative to, to open doors as we as we are, are using that phrase. And so all that to say is you need to contextualize and understand the place you're planting in. If you know nothing about it, don't go in guns blazing and be like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, because you could inadvertently be creating drama as we talked about just a few moments ago, or stepping on people's toes and there, you know, your witness, your, your testimony before them of being a church that serves now it's, it's questionable. Right? So, I mean, um, so there's that, but, uh, you know, it's also just wait, pray, trust in the spirits leading, uh, you know, you gotta be smart about this stuff, right?
1: I think that honestly, your first thing, you know, even though you, you meant it a bit saucy, like I think is is spot on, honestly, open your door and do you know who your neighbors are,
2: mm. mm-hmm.
1: right? Do you know who your neighbors are? Do you know who, who you share a street with? If not, that's right. Great place to start because you know what? If they don't know Christ, they're going to hell, right? Like that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just waking ourselves up to this reality of there's people right outside my front door. And listen, I'm not saying target people and treat them like a target and like just get their butts in the pews and then move on to the next one. No, but invest in people. Be their friend, even if they're not Christian. Surround yourself with people who, you know, surround yourself with your church, you know, your local assembly. Um, Be encouraged by them, sharpen one another, but also you need to be in the presence of, you know, lostness, basically. Mm -hmm. You need to be around them because you're not doing your mission if you're not. You're not on mission. You're not part of the mission. You know, you're not doing, you're not probably where the Holy Spirit is doing his work outside of the church, you know, convicting people, drawing people to to Christ. Um, Know who your neighbors are. Look for needs. Like you said, John, community cleanup. Look for Mm -hmm. needs around where you live, in your city, in your community. What is a need that can be met and where can I serve?
0: Well, let me give you a real practical one. So when we moved into Kilbride, uh, you know, Snowmageddon, for anyone who doesn't know about that term for us back in March 2020, we had like four feet of snow fall in like, it was four days or something like that. It was disgusting <laughs> and it broke me like physically and mentally. And so I went and got a snow blower. I'm like, I ain't having this anymore. I, ain't nobody got time for this, right? So I went and bought a snowblower. And so, you know, as the winter season progressed, I noticed like three houses down from me, there was a, a couple who were shoveling like crazy amounts of snow out of the... Like they never had a They were shoveling. I'm like, nah. And so I took my snowblower and just went and started snowblowing the driveway. That opened the door, <laughs> right, hmm. to come alongside them. We had them over eventually. They came out to church. Mm-hmm. It's still an ongoing story, but it, it's just... Figure out who your neighbors are and what your context is.
1: So was it only one house you snowblowed or was it more than one?
0: Oh man, I snowblowed. Everyone who I saw was out with a shovel.
1: So how many of those people did you have a conversation with Christ
0: about? One of those houses. Okay.
1: So Matt, where, where I'm going, I'm asking this because where I'm going with this is because was it worth it to snowblow all those houses to have that one conversation?
0: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent.
1: Even if it hasn't mm-hmm. led to faith. Yeah. Do you still interact with those people?
0: From time to time, yeah.
1: And that's how it should be. That's right. Right? We don't treat people as targets. Hey, I'm going to blow this person's house and hope I can talk to them about Jesus. Now, if you're praying like that, sure, but also get to know these people, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like, you're not going to go and stop blowing your house just because... they don't come to church anymore or you got a negative response from them when you did share the gospel. If you got to share the gospel, Mm -hmm. like there's no point of saying, you know, we've got the greatest hope on earth for all of humanity. If we're not willing to get into the lives of people who don't know Christ Mm -hmm. and put the work in to get to know them and actually care about them enough to know who they are, know their family, know their lifestyle, know their story, and then have the opportunity to share the gospel and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Yeah, there's a lot of, um,
2: I mean, there's a lot of interesting stories out there. A lot of people out there, like I said, who might be on the brink of wanting to go to church and learn about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, just, they just need that little bit of interaction to motivate them, to move them towards Christ.
1: Right, it's not like you just save your neighborhood or save your neighbors, but you are, you know, the person that God is going to use to share his gospel where you are.
0: Where you are called. Where you're called. See what I did there? <laughs> Hear what I did there? So open the door, serve where yeah. you're called, and buy a snowblower. Mm. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's How does that work effect. for
1: people down your way, down in Mississippi? Yeah, do you hey, the- yeah maybe a leaf blower. <laughs> <What>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I blow your leaves for you? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not the same effect, is it? No. no.
0: <laughs> so do you guys, like, when, when hurricanes come through, do you... Get, like, leaf blowers and try to blow it away?
2: <laughs> no. It's I, I, feel, I feel like the leaves
1: are the worst of yeah, the Yeah,
2: you're going to be helping concerned. board up windows for uh, for little old ladies and, you know. There you go. If you're down in the <laughs> Mississippi, buy
1: a hammer and some boards and keep, em, keep, em, exactly. keep a stockpile of them. Yeah. So
0: when it comes your way,
1: you're, you're ready to go.
2: After the storm, neighbors. you're going to be cleaning up all the uh, the down limbs and trees and everything.
0: So in Mississippi, you guys don't open the doors to go out and serve people. You guys literally shut the doors and board them up. Yeah. Well, at least your screen <laughs> That's door. how we reach people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> keep <laughs> the mosquitoes out. All right, guys. Um, yeah, if you're listening, I hope this has helped you somewhat. I mean, we like to have a laugh and stuff, but, oh, uh, yeah. you know, we do believe that we're called to do this ministry here. And... It's not that I'm not. I don't care about Cobra like Matt said. He doesn't. It's not that he doesn't care about downtown, but we know that we're called to specific places where we are. So if you find yourself in a spot where there's a need, do be praying about that. How can you reach that need? How can you be involved? Where is God already working? And you, you know you'd be surprised at what what you can do. Pray for those conversations. Pray for God to open the doors for conversations. But also just get to know the people around you. Catch us again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.